Put your hands together for the amazing Keith Price! Today, and I purposely chose to not wear the vest on the street because it was just six o'clock, you know what I'm saying? And I did not want to give all of this away to the general public on the number one train coming down the Christopher Street because at six o'clock, if you were coming off your job and you've been dealing with crazy ass people all day long. You do not need to see me come bouncing on the train going, Hello! I'm on my way to be funny! Nobody want that shit right now at 6 o'clock. Not unless you got a cocktail in your hand, right? Oh my god, so yes, so the coming out thing. So yes, I am not a coming out closet case virgin. Ooh, no surprise. <laughs> no, bitch, we ain't surprised. Look at you. Look at you shining and carrying on. No, so here, here's the deal, though. I, I had to stop and think about how I wanted to approach this, this next time with you all, and I'm going to need your help throughout my experience of sharing with you. Because I think every gay person at some point asks the same question at some when you get to a certain level and a certain age. And that question is, how did I not know? <laughs> right? How did I not know? And, and for real, let's see y'all put it in play, right? How did you, ha, girl, right? right? So when I, you find me at some point throughout the conversation, you hear me say, how did I not know? I need y'all to go, queen. <laughs> Can you do that with me? Yes. How did I not know? Queen. Oh, we're gonna have a good time. So, <laughs> so let's, let's just, we're gonna just take it back. This is the, how do I, how did I not know? You didn't do it. You see, I was testing your bitches. Y'all are, ooh, I can't with y'all. Anyway, no, this is what happened. All right, so, so I'm going to just tell you a few moments in my life of where I should have taken a moment and just done some inventory, if you will come with me. So the first one is like, I was 10 years old, and I was very sick one Sunday afternoon. Now, I grew up in Texas, and when you are black and you grow up in Texas, you must go to church on Sunday. That's just the rule. Until you get a job or something, you have to show up at church every Sunday. And so this particular Sunday, I was not feeling well. And I stayed home from church and watched West Side Story on the Million Dollar Movies. Right? And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching West Side Story. Honey, Miss Anita is taking me everywhere where she wants to live in America. <laughs> Maria is crying and carrying on because she just wants to find love for the first time. <laughs> There's someone who's going to love me for me. So she's going through all of that, right? And then, the big scene at the end, do you remember the big scene at the end of the movie? Yeah. When Natalie Wood is screaming for her Tony, Tony, Tony. Tony sees her because he thinks he's about to get her, and her fucking Chino shoots right the fucking back. Pow! Falls out dead, then she is Look at 
listen, I was 10 years old. I lost my ever-loving mind. And I did not know. How did I not know? Right? Then the next thing, I'm watching Gypsy. Yes. And we get to the pivotal, it's like the pivotal moment in the film. When a young Natalie Wood, who is now on the verge about to, let's say, break her cherry as a dancer, because her mother insisted on giving her something to do, she needed to do something, and she insisted on making money, and she says to her, Ethel <laughs> Merman, God bless her heart, says to this young woman, just give him a little shoulder, and that's it! And you know, that piece of philosophy stuck with me for a very long time. But it wasn't until after that moment when she met the three women that not only changed her life, but changed mine. Miss Pazepa, Miss Electra, and Dressy Tessitura. Do you know who these women are? These were the famous strippers that helped usher us into the world of getting a Miss Gypsy Rose Lee. Because they all taught her the most important lesson in the world, and that was, you gotta get a gimmick. <laughs> you gotta get a gimmick. If you want to make it, twinkle while you shake it. If you want to grind it, wait till you've refined it. And if you want to bump it, bump it with a trumpet. Get yourself a gimmick and you, too, can be a star. Okay? How did I not know? Honey, I lapped up every word and that is how you see me here today, standing here with all this sequence. Because this was my motherfucking gimmick. Alright? But I'm going to tell you a moment that ultimately was a, was a changing moment. You can tell me now. Every young gay man of a certain age in the, the developmental process of your homosexuality, when you discover Wonder Woman, <laughs> I'm not talking about this Gail, whatever this bitch is, the one that's doing the new modern Wonder Woman, not that bitch. I'm talking Linda Carter realness. I'm talking full-on bracelets. I'm talking Stars and Stripes panties. I'm talking gold American Eagle thing coming in with the breath popping out. I loved it, her. <laughs> but let me explain to you, this is what happened. You know, when you watch the first season of Wonder Woman, for those of us old enough to remember, Wonder Woman would do a classic costume change, right? She would just come out, do a twirl, twirl. right? And then she'd have her clothes in her hand, and then she'd disappear, and then, you know, close it. And then she'd go out and do her Wonder Woman stuff, right? <laughs> Second season, they bumped the shit up a notch. Not only did we get the full Wonder Woman turn, we got the full Wonder Woman turn with the burst. Right? The clothes disappeared, and she was there in her full regalia ready to take life on, right? But you know what these mother scratches did on the Wonder Woman that turned me into the gay man that I am today? It was the double turn. Does anyone remember the double turn of Wonder Woman? When Wonder Woman would be in the middle of doing something very intense, and God forbid she gets to a place where she's going to need a whole other outfit, <laughs> she would run to the point, stop, and her Wonder Woman regalia would be like, oh my God, that's a horse. 
She does another turn. She comes out of the light and she's got on a full equestrian outfit, honey, with the riding crop. Fuck you, bitches. You're not gonna catch up without an outfit to work. You know what I'm saying? The famous moment, chasing this man down this fucking pier. She's wearing a Diana Ross outfit. A Diana Ross outfit. A Diana Prince outfit. That's good. How did I not know? She's running down and she sees the man with the bomb. He throws the bomb into the water. She gets to the edge of the pier. She's in full Diana Prince look. She's like, oh my God, I've got to save the world. So what does she do? She does a full turn. She turns into Wonder Woman, but then she don't stop. She just kept on turning, turned around and then boom, full on scuba outfit, honey. That bitch jumped into the water, picked up that bomb and saved the day. But here it is, here's the, here's, here's the story that I feel like I should I've saved for closet cases because I think that honestly it tells everything and I'm going to need some help. Jeff and I, we, we were working out some things so I just want you to try to stay with me. Because, do you hear that instrument that's playing right now? That's the tuba. And I too was a tuba player. Yes, Stephen F. Austin, middle school, was when I was first brought into this. You hear the tuba? You don't need any more, you're done, right? We can, we can catch it. But I wanted you to hit the flavor, because you hear how it texts on that bass line? That's what I was, I was, I was a tuba player from the day, sixth grade. But here's how I, I thought about it, because I, when I was in the sixth grade and decided I wanted to be in band, I really actually wanted to play the trumpet. And I wanted to play the trumpet like a man named Dizzy Gillespie. Do you know who Dizzy Gillespie is? Remember? And when he would like blow into the punch trumpet, his cheeks would get all big and huge, like a big old chipmunk. That's what I wanted for myself. And I was grown. And what happens is in sixth grade, when you first start band, if you kind of are hesitant on your instrument choice, you had to go into the band director's office one by one. And when you went into the band director's office, it was like the um, sorting hat from Harry Potter. So you go into the room, right? And so I'm sitting there now, and I'm now 11 years old, and I'm standing sitting across from this man, and he's our band director, and his name is Carlos Peña. Carlos Peña. He's got eyelashes like this. These big, beautiful brown eyes, and this wonderful, wonderful set of lips, because he played um, a lot of brass instruments, and so he's had beautiful kissable lips. And I sat there, and he said to me, he goes, so Keith, what instrument do you want to play? And I said, I want to play the trumpet. Like Dizzy Gillespie, that's what I want to do. And he looked at me and he goes, mm-hmm, I see. I think you should play the tuba. And as he said it, his eyelashes kept doing this. And I looked at him and I was like, okay. How did I not know? So then, here I am now in band, finding my groove. I was first chair. I was dipping and doing it, honey. We were playing Love Will Keep Us Together. <laughs> honey, all the big songs of the 70s, honey, we were popping them out in the band. There I am with my tuba just living my dream and ex just excited about the seventh grade because now in the seventh grade, I get this opportunity to play Night Train, which is a fabulous stripper song. Da -da 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 if you saw the tuba bass line, you would wet yourself. I'm just saying. <laughs> And I knew that that was in my future, you understand what I'm saying? 
So at the end of the school year now, all of a sudden now, Mr. Pena says, hey, listen, I'm not coming back. This is my last season. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go off. My wife has a, a husband, her father owns a company, and I'm going to work for him. And it was at the end of the semester, and I was like completely a hot-ass mess, right? So I was like, wow, this is great. So the next year now comes school year. We get a new band director, and guess what? This new band director is not nice. He's kind of like really an asshole, and the most important thing, he was not cute. <laughs> so I had to spend a whole year with this man, but it's okay because I let the tumor take me on. And so when I got to high school, this is when the moment changed. I was asked by someone, because in the ninth grade, I was first chair for a short minute. And then when you, know, you had to deal with the seniors and the juniors and stuff, I had to kind of bump it down because you know, they had more experience and stuff. And so one day this man asked me, one of my friends in class, he's a trumpet player, you know how I like the trumpet, asked me if I would join a quintet for a special holiday event that they do in Galveston every year called Dickens Evening on the Strand. If somebody was talking about their Dickensian aware, picture this in a pair of corduroys rolled up to the knee with a rubber band holding on to it and some white socks, cute little sneakers, and one of those cute Newsies hats. <laughs> Getting my full-on m'lady doing my Dickensian realness, you know what I'm saying? With my quintet playing tuba. And so my friend asked me to be in the tuba thing, and I was like, this is great. He would pick me up every day for rehearsal, right? I didn't realize how lucky I was because he would pick me up in his Bronco, we would go places, you know, we would do things before rehearsal, kitty cat, laugh, cat, cat, how fun, fun. Then we would wind up doing the rehearsal, and then the next thing you know, we're doing the event, and it's a two-night event, Friday and Saturday. So Friday night, he's there, he takes me, we're going, it's great. We do the concert, everything is awesome, just awesome. And then right after the show, we pack up my tuba. Now, mind you, this is not, you know, some of you are very familiar with the marching tuba. You've seen the big students phone where it wraps around you, and you well, when you did the concert series, you had the upright tuba. And the upright tuba, you had to reach around and blow. <laughs> How did I not know? <laughs> honey, you married on that, honey. That was a life lesson I got playing the tuba. Anyway. <laughs> so now the second night comes along. We're doing the second night. It's all exciting. We went to Denny's the night before. So I'm like, oh my God, we're going to do something fabulous tonight. This is going to be great. We get through doing the big concert. I get ready to go pack up my tuba, and I look up and I see him talking to this woman, and I was devastated. <laughs> I stood there. Who is this bitch? What is she doing? Why is he putting his hands in her hair? So again, I got left, flat left, standing there now in the middle of the Dickensian bullshit with my fucking legs turning blue from the goddamn rubber band I'm using to hold up the legs to get the corner just right so it looks like you're wearing knickers and shit. And now I gotta get this goddamn tuba home, right? So now I'm like standing there, I'm like, I can't believe it, you just left me standing here. Now and I have to walk home with this tuba. So now I'm like walking through the streets. I can't believe this is happening. This is terrible. And I 
buy a shopping cart, one of the old, you know, from the supermarket, right? And I'm like, oh, thank God. So I get this big cart, I put my tuba inside the cart, and I start to push the cart, and it's one of them broken leg, leg things, it's like moving in general like this. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Why is this happening? So then I reach into the tuba, because I had brought my Sony Walkman, you remember the Walkman? Right, so I have my mixtape in the Walkman. Honey, so I put on the mixtape, I'm now walking down the street, and this is what's playing in my head. Now picture this, 15 walking through the streets of Galveston with a tuba in a rickety-ass fucking basket down this goddamn cobblestone street just crying! One less bell to answer on their goddamn mixtape. How did I not know? Thank you very much. No, I should be happy. Oh.